0: Uh, what your reaction is uh, to uh, this admission by SAP? Too little, too late, or do you think they were forced into a corner?
1: Well, I mean, look, it's um, it, it sort of feels better late than never that they are going to come out and provide information about the contracts and about the payments that, that were made. Um, I mean, now they, you know, initially they were sort of saying, that they reject the allegations. They're now saying, yes, we did pay 107 million rand to uh, various Gupta linked, Gupta controlled, Gupta owned companies. Um, and it seems to be all of those payments were sort of commissions for helping them to get work uh, from Transnet on the one hand, but also from ESCOM. Um, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a step towards uh, them being fully transparent. There's still a lot that they're not saying. There's still a lot of questions that we have. Um, Interim update on their investigation. It's by no means their sort of final say on the matter.
0: Mm. I I mean, they also say in their statement that uh, in December 2016 and June of 2017, SAP concluded two additional contracts to provide software and services to ESCOM, but that no revenue has been received or commissions paid in connection therewith. So, meaning that there could be more to disclose, also given the fact that they're still awaiting the results of the Baker McKenzie investigation.
1: Absolutely. I mean, as you say, there are these two other contracts that um, that they disclosed, but we didn't know about at all. You know, we knew about payments going up to just under 100 million rands. So it looks like there was an additional payment. That and on top of that, as you say, there are these two other contracts. Uh They're saying that those contracts haven't been canceled because, you know, their contracts are directly with ESCOM and with Transnet. Um, the arrangement was that they would pay these sort of commissions out the back door uh, to these various sort of link companies. Now, I mean, it could be that, you know, they conclude their investigation and they decide to go ahead with those payments. I think reading... So, you know, one of the things that they have announced is that they are immediately stopping... All sales commission payments on public sector contracts in countries that have a sort of corruption perception index rating of below 50. Um, I mean, if you go onto Transparency International's website and you have a look at that, that's a huge chunk of the countries in the world. I mean, Russia, India, China, Brazil, South Africa, you know, half half of the countries in the world, they're no longer going to be making these payments. Now, although they're not willing to necessarily say, yes, OK, we accept that those payments were nothing but payback, which is certainly you know, our view. Um, you know, the fact that they're taking this drastic action to cut those commissions is a
0: sort of tacit admission that, you know what, there's a huge problem with these types of payments. Mm. I mean, even the statement themselves, they uh, acknowledge the impact that the payments have had not only on the people of South Africa, but uh, South African businesses and employees and customers and partners. Uh, So, the apology, what do you think that they're really admitting to? As you say, they haven't gone as far as saying that this is part of uh, corrupt action, even though three of their employees have been dismissed. Uh, they've also spoken about sort of, um, you know, reorganizing their legal departments and some of the prescripts that the company would have to uh, work by. Where does it take us, though, just in terms of the allegations of state capture, which is a very serious, serious allegation?
1: Sure. I mean, as you say, you know, they haven't really officially on the record admitted to that much. What they say is that they've uncovered indications of misconduct uh, in relation to the the management of the the contract with Gupta-related parties, um, which is a pretty vague statement about, you know, it's difficult to know exactly what they mean, and they were they weren't willing to disclose what that was. The the three employees, they say they're still going through formal disciplinary proceedings with them, so um, they haven't been dismissed yet, and they're sort of using that as a reason not to disclose exactly what they found. Um, I mean, in terms of in terms of state capture, I mean, I think it's going to you know because SAP is a is listed in the US. Uh, and they're subject to, you know, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, and and all of this very tough foreign legislation. I think it's going to really sort of kick that investigation into gear. Um, and I, you know, and hopefully it won't just be in the US that that investigation really starts to get going. I mean, I think the thing is, is that you know, because so many of these companies are interlinked. The Gupta, you know, web is quite a wide web. You know, once someone starts investigating, I think it's quite difficult to know where it's going to end. Okay. Um, so I, mean, I think it, I, I think it is a huge admission though, on on their part that there is a problem, and I think it's going to become harder and harder for people here to ignore what's going on.
0: So, final question: Do you feel vindicated by this admission, and do you think that South Africa would be where it is at the moment, whether or not um, uh, you know these claims are validated or verified or not? we would be where we are had there been more investigative journalism?
1: Uh, Well, on the question of if we feel vindicated, absolutely. Um, I mean, we didn't know it at the time, but we now know that sort of, you know, two days after the story was published, SAP was running straight to the US DOJ to start disclosing that these payments might be problematic for them in terms of the Foreign Corrupt Practicals Act. So although it's taken them quite a while to sort of, you know, come back and admit that they that they do have a problem publicly, um, I think it's a pretty clear indication that, you know, the story had a huge in seeing it. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that the contribution from the whole sort of field of, of journalists, and particularly from the sort of investigative journalists from all different organizations, has been absolutely massive. Um, I mean, you know, these types of agreements and, and things like that, they're sort of designed to be hidden. Um, they're signed sort of almost assuming that the public has access to this information. So, I mean, I think what journalists have really been able to to do is not just to sort of publish the information, but to really help interpret it and to sort of, you know, underscore the importance of this is why we should care about this contract. This is why this piece of information matters.
0: All right, thank you very it's much. I
1: important. I mean, we now know the world we live in, and then we can make decisions from there. All
0: right, thank you very much uh, to Suzanne Comrie, investigative journalist with the Amapungani Center for Invesc- Investigative Journalism. Translates saying it's noted and welcomes uh, SAPS update on the ongoing investigation into with South Africa business. A very good uh, Afternoon to you, Mr. and Thank you so much for speaking to us. I note in your statement that uh, you say that you've been exonerated from wrongdoing by uh, SAP's statement, but does it raise concerns, though?
2: We, we, we are concerned. Thank you again. Good afternoon, um, Tsepi. Um, we, as translators I think on record train, that we are concerned as well, just like all South Africans, about uh, these allegations or claims made around the state capture, and to make it worse, Transnet being also amongst those companies um, that are being investigated. Um, We ourselves have started our own investigations, even internally, to also say, fine, we hear these claims, but it's a bit difficult for Transnet to immediately start taking action because the question would be, action on what? Don't just shoot in the dark, hence we have embarked as well on these uh, processes of finding out what is happening. But on the other side, we're saying uh, this uh, interim, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, in- interim investigation uh, has so far given us a uh, hope that perhaps we're on the right track, uh, because uh, it says that uh, so far no South African official from government or Transnet and in particular that has been uh, uh, been pointed at. So we're saying, okay, perhaps there's a hope. There's a sign of hope for us but without saying that uh, we say we take it this lightly at all.
0: Mm. Mr. Dechetta, let me ask you something. I mean, the previous Transnet Board initiated investigations into uh, some of the contracts and even procurement processes, even certain individuals uh, were fingered even in uh, parliamentary committee hearings. Uh, certain uh, Strategic positions and their connections, or possible connections, to these allegations of state capture, will raise. So, does that mean it also gives you more ammunition, as it were, to to follow through and look at some of these uh, past allegations and see if they're linked to these transactions?
2: We definitely welcome any form of assistance that we're getting, as well, even having been to, uh, to parliament. Uh, It is this current leadership that appeared before the committee there and trying to state our our case. And we say, yes, we are just as concerned as the rest of South Africa is. And we are hoping that once we conclude all of these investigations, we definitely will be able to, we can assure South Africans actually, that we are going to take all the necessary steps once we have all the necessary information before us. But for now, I know many South Africans are impatient, but we really have to ask and say, please bear with us, Until this process is concluded, we are on record saying that our own investigation should be concluded around mid-December, and once that happens, we believe that we'll be at the right uh, stage where we could say, look, we know it's now black or it's white, and if it's white, what action are we supposed to take? If it's black, exactly the same thing. So yes, everything is pointing in the right direction, but for now we thought also, because we're having over 60,000 employees here who are also not working as tall as of those employees of transnet are good hard working people. If there are two or three rotten apples as transnet we are on record say that should we find those all the facts around that definitely appropriate action.
0: Do you as Transnet ask yourselves and while not pointing the finger at you as there's no there's no concrete evidence of your being complicit in any part of this, but do you yourselves Ask yourselves how you became so, so vulnerable uh, to somebody either lobbying on your behalf or claiming that they have the ear of the powers that be, that they could promise um, a, a, an external company that should they be given kickbacks, that they'll be able to ensure that they receive contracts at Transnet.
2: We're definitely spending a sleepless nights on that, uh, J.P. This, uh We are anxious as well. We're saying, guys, if these things are happening uh, under our watch, um, we need to make sure that we nip it in the bud because our processes uh, and our procurement uh, procedures are tight enough. But realistically, human beings are human beings. If there's any of us who's doing all of those things, definitely we are not shy to say we will take uh, an appropriate action once everything has been.
0: Thank you so much for speaking to us. Uh, translate spokesperson, Mulad, 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 Wainidi